Hello everybody and welcome back to Thickcast. I'm your host Molly Edwards and today joining me I have the lovely Sophie AJ. How are you? I'm doing good thank you. How are you? Yeah I'm good thank you. Voice is a little bit croaky isn't it but I think you'll be all right so. Yeah I'll make it. I'll make it. (laughs) For a drink break just let me know. Yeah. Um, Cool so for anyone who doesn't know you who are you Um, and kind of how did you get into this sport? Okay, so I'm Sophie Jenkins, although most people know me as Sophie AJ, people know me from Instagram. Um, I'm an IFBB figure pro, I turned pro in August 2021. I've been competing now for around six, seven years. Um, I've only done three seasons because I've always taken quite long off seasons. Um, and I kind of got into bodybuilding accidentally, really. Um, I grew up doing a lot of track and field athletics, um, specifically 100 metres and hurdles. So I was always very sporty in my teenage years. Um, I had a little bit of a break from that and I wanted to get back into it. So I joined my um, local athletics club again. This is about seven years ago and quickly realised I couldn't just get back into it straight away when I've spent like the last five years like partying and drinking and stuff so um the coach there was like you need to go to a gym and get like a bit of fitness built back up first so I joined my local gym and then I never went back to athletics because I just fell in love with weightlifting basically and then I did my first show only about a year and a half later um and then got the bug got addicted and that's been my life ever since nice and did you always do figure or do you start off in bikini I've always done figure, yeah. So although I probably, well, definitely didn't really have um, the size for it. Yeah. Um, in my in my first show, I was just always more drawn to figure as a as a class, and I felt like my my structure kind of sat best in the poses anyway. Um, but yeah, I was always really drawn drawn to the figure class and the figure girls really. Yeah, because it is. It's, I think. Between the classes, it's very much a structure thing. Yes. Just as much as, obviously, you need more muscle, you need, like, slightly more conditioning, things like that. But your body kind of just sits in one or the other, doesn't it? Or even, yeah. like, wellness as well. Yeah, I did a post about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was, I was just talking about, like, how to know what class to do. And, like, y- your physique will decide for you. And it's just making sure, you know, if you don't know by looking at yourself, then you've got the right people around you to to know basically because your body body will sit better in you know certain certain classes and even certain federations as well so absolutely yeah because some posing just doesn't look right on people certain shapes just don't look right things like that yeah Yeah. it's pretty much we're going to talk about this a bit um later on as well like kind of looking at different federations and where kind of you sit even within the same category Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's quite interesting. So yeah, you got into bodybuilding, tan pro. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and kind of one of the main things we wanted to talk about today as well was going through like injuries, recovery, and things like that. So obviously, you just said to me you've injured yourself a lot. So let's just just talk about it also. Yeah. Okay. So, um. The foundation of a lot of my injuries uh, is because I've got spinal scoliosis. So even when I was doing athletics, track and field growing up, like I always had niggles or it had something wrong with me. And that's why I ended up retiring from competitive athletics um, because of injuries. Um, So, yeah, I think it's 
it's important for people to to understand that really because as much as you know people say things like oh you know you can do a lot of things with, with your training obviously to minimize injury of course of course you can but postulate everyone is different mm-hmm. you, you can be training with perfect form perfect execution perfect control sensible loading and all that stuff but if you've got like a structure that's go, that that's not symmetrical and every, no, no one's symmetrical completely yeah. but when you've got scoliosis or something else like that that's causing you know a much more of a kind of like balance shift to one side um then it doesn't matter how careful you are you're still obviously much higher risk mm-hmm. um like when, when I my, my main injury that, I, that I've um struggled with latterly is when I slipped, slipped my disc um like I was warm enough when I did that yeah I was literally warm enough and there, were, there was quite a few things that like looking back that led up to that um that I thought well if I'd have done that differently then it might not have happened if I'd done that might... but at the end of the day like <laughs> it probably was just going to happen at some point. And yeah. my, my my back had been bugging me all prep, like just niggles and niggles and niggles. And I think it was just kind of at that tipping point and just like the tiniest thing was just just kind of made it go. Just that accumulation of things, like even just being like, I was still really lean, I was post-show. Um, I was training first thing in the morning, which isn't something I'd usually do. I was definitely dehydrated that morning as well because I'd been out for food the night before. So there's all these like little things that you think, oh, if I'd done that differently, it wouldn't have happened. But at, at the end of the day, it did happen. Wow, like when you're in prep, like um, I'm someone that's quite injury prone as well. Yeah. And I was very lucky last time I prepped that one of the guys I work with, I'm going to get him on the podcast soon, actually. He's a chiropractor and he's done sports massage. He's done physio, like stupidly qualified in like everything. And I worked alongside him. So he used to treat me and everything and look after me, bless him. And when I, I remember being really, really lean and I was just in so much pain with things. And he was like, I'm really sorry, Molly. He's like, I can't do anything. <laughs> it's like, until you put body fat on, which yeah. you're going to tell me now you're not going to. Yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. fancy you, you know, there, there's nothing. I can so much more susceptible, like so yeah. much more susceptible. And like, in hindsight, I look at like how I kind of planned that last prep out. And like I had an eight week gap between my regional and my, pro qualifier which is just like insane like it was really really tough eight weeks yeah and I was just so lean for so long and again it's just another factor that has led up to it I mean the the main reason my disc went is because I've got scoliosis and I've got a buildup of pressure obviously at the bottom of my spine where that curve is but there's yeah there was plenty of other factors like being lean for too long like being, being tired, you know, training first thing, maybe didn't warm up as much. Well, I wouldn't have been as warmed up as I usually would training later. There's just all these different things that kind of like added into this like perfect recipe for disaster, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, you, you were still in prep then at that point that you slipped your disc or? Two weeks after I won my pro card. Oh, okay, so you'd, you'd come out of prep then? Yeah. Thank God it was two weeks after, not two weeks before. Like that would have tipped me over the edge. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was one blessing. That's one thing I like, I'm very grateful for that it was after I'd won my pro card because like when you slip a disc, I mean, everyone everyone has different experiences, but certainly with, with what mine was like, 
um it was like I was an absolute like right off bed bound for weeks like I couldn't do anything so it was like I'd gone from like this huge high you know like achieving a goal I'd had for ages like I was on cloud nine I was buzzing I was feeling so so motivated to smash my off season I was working with a new coach I was like nothing could bring me down yeah except a slip disc (laughs) (laughs) so so it's like I'd just gone from this yeah huge high to I'm literally rotting in bed for like weeks on end watching my watching my physique just like literally melt away (laughs) Uh, so that was a very tough uh time for me obviously not only because it was really painful um but like mentally as well like it was like like... I was gonna say that because I find I don't know about you but me personally like the first two weeks of post-show like I'm absolutely fine like I'm all right there's a few things that might like upset me here and there but like I'm all right and then after about two weeks that's when I'm like oh no I can't deal with this anymore yeah and like to hit that point at the same point you're slipping you yeah yeah really hard and I'm a really like I'm a big eater anyway like I'm a massive foodie um and especially post-show like I I do like to enjoy myself because I I am a a big foodie um and you know I don't within reason I don't really hold back I like to go out for lots of meals and all this and I, I wanted to eat like that still because I was starving because I had such a long prep. It was like an eight and a half month prep. Like I was so ready to just eat all these foods I've not been able to have for so long. But then obviously I was literally laid in bed 24 hours a day. So like my physique changed like really quickly, like a lot quicker than it usually does post-show. Um, so yeah, it was just it was just a really hard like time, basically. It was it wasn't great. <laughs> And if someone else is listening and they're going through something similar, I mean, it might not be a slip disc. It might be. Yeah. Any serious injury like that is, yeah, it's tough. I mean, like I, luckily I wasn't in prep or anything. I was just off season. I decided to run Tough Mudder. I don't know if a few of us heard of it. It's like I've done it. Have you done it? Killed me. (laughs) Oh, mate. I think I've done it like three times now. I think we did it. Yeah. I think it was 2015. I did it. because it was a few years back now and I was like right this is a great goal for me to have post-show like it gives me something post-show well it wasn't really post-show but you know like like after yeah yeah I was like right I need another goal to focus on yeah run this tough mudder and that gives me like this goal to still do a little cardio you know yeah and just yeah another thing to focus on so I went and done it and I was like you know I was a normal body weight by then and everything I wasn't like I say post-show like it was after it was that focus for me and you, do you know the mud mile one where it's like the it goes like up and down and it's like just wet mud and then it's yep. like yep watery ditches yep, yep. So we went in there and like that is I honestly think it's the most fun one because you're just like just covered in water and mud and everything yeah um but what happened was as I was trying to get through it one of my feet got stuck in the mud and the other one just skidded outwards and I don't like I still don't know what I did but I know that that I was fucked yeah like, I just like my mate was like no we're gonna finish it and I was like not, not keep going I did but I didn't run it I walked it I just like hobbled the whole way and then I didn't do a lot of the obstacles because 
if it was a swimming one, I was fine. If it's upper body, I was fine. Yeah. But things like the electric fence where you have to run through it, I was like, I'm not fucking hobbling. Um, absolutely not. <laughs> electric. <laughs> like, I draw the line. It was the, the ice bath. We know you slide down into the skip. It's full yeah. of cold. No, I couldn't hack that. That so made me. How did you do it? Hyperventilating. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't breathe afterwards. I didn't realize it was like proper ice until I got up there and I was like, Oh my god! And the thing oh is, this pack, you're so warm because it's at like I think for us it was we did it at Badminton Estate in Bath. Yeah, it, mine was up north, but it was it was summer. Yeah, it was yeah. like mile four, I think ours. So like you're pretty warm at this point. Yeah. And oh my god, I didn't, and I think as well when you go under the slide, I was like, oh, you just slide down into it, it's lovely, and you don't <laughs> all the way under. What to go like under another bit, don't you? In the front, it's pitch black. Yeah, no, I I fully panic. So huh? I can see it. I didn't realise. So I just went underneath and I come back up again. I saw this wall and I thought, oh, fuck. No, I I wonder. But I, it wasn't pitch black, but I could see. It was, yeah, I didn't like that bit. Did not like that bit at all. Not a fan. Yeah. That was probably the worst. Because yeah. it was like, I remember as well, my mate's boyfriend come and he was just taking pictures and stuff. He didn't run it. And he was like, oh, I'll get a picture of you guys, like, before and after, like, before you go into the water and, like, while you're all muddy and everything. And then when you come back out and we come out and we're like, nah, fuck off. <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> Grumpy as ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, it was, it was fun. I, you know what, though, like, I, just with how my body is now, I, I try to avoid doing anything, like, extra risky like that. Like, I love hiking. I climbed Telvelin last year with my mate, um, but even then, like my back wasn't in a, it wasn't in in as good a place as it is now, and I was just so terrified of like slipping or tripping yeah. over. Because if I if I slip over, in fact, we went the same friend. We went away at Christmas um, to uh, the Yorkshire Dales, and it was ice everywhere. And we went. We did a lot of walking, and I was just so terrified of falling because. I just know like one wrong step and that disc is see ya, it's going again. Like it's it's that delicate at the moment still. It, it's really hard to like know what to do because you know, I'm this I, I I'm not as sensible as what you are. And you're mm. like, I just avoid it. I'm like, it doesn't even cross my mind that I should avoid it. I'm like, oh I've no, it's not I'm gonna do that. Like yeah. it never it's, enters my mind. It's so like I'm so traumatized, like genuinely, like I'm so traumatized from from when it when I did it that I've just always kind of got that in the back of my mind. And like even now it was since like 18 months ago. Yeah, like just yeah, over 18 months ago. Like it's not fully it it, it still doesn't feel like how my back felt pre-injury. And I think like, you know, a, a, quite a few people that, you know, follow in the industry, then they think like I've made a full recovery because I'm doing an off season again. It's not how it is at all. Like realistically, like I'm just working around things a bit better now. Yeah. And I've just, I'm approaching it from a better kind of mindset, but yeah. I'm still very much limited to what I can do. So I, I still, it was a hack squat that I actually did it on. Yeah. Um, and I've been on that 
three times since and that's literally in the last three months and that's only weird I'll only go on it when I've got my rehab guy there with me he's like the only person I trust to to do it do it you know the exercise with me I wouldn't just go on a hack squat I wouldn't go on any squat machine on my own now even still because it's just if I just don't if I don't get the setup and the kind of the right cues going on up here it just yeah I'm just way too scared (laughs) Yeah, well, it's not at all because it does it. It definitely brings a lot more kind of fear into it. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I got to say, like, I'm not, I'm not as bad as, like, I don't need the person there or anything. Yeah, but I'm not very sensible either because my brain doesn't work like that. Like, I'll do something, I'll be like, I'm going to do this, and then, yeah. I'll do it and I'm like, oh fuck, that hurt. Maybe not. And then yeah. I'll as you get as you get older as well, like honestly, like your body's just like, no. Like I literally the other the other week, I was playing fetch with my dog, right? Yeah. And I launched this ball for my dog and pain shooting up my arm. What now? Like just just go, just go away. It's so irritating. Your body's just like, I think as bodybuilders, you do. Yeah, you've got to be careful because the last thing you want to do is injure yourself outside, especially outside of the gym, because you'd be like, mm-hmm. God's sake, that you just get annoyed at yourself, like, why did I do that? Because now I've got half time off training and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think, you know, whenever you've got like a big, a big injury, it's it's very easy to I mean, I've done it and I and I probably will do it again, you know, if I ever do get injured again. It's very easy to get in like a negative headspace I think you've got to let yourself for a little bit to be honest with you like like no one has a serious injury and has to have time off training and feels great about it from the get-go like you can't expect yourself to like have you know difficult things like this happen to you and then automatically be in a great mindset about it but I was very convinced for a long time like probably just short of a year yeah probably about a year that like I wasn't coming back from this injury because it was so much worse than any other injury I'd had not only from like a pain level but also in terms of the the recovery time like it just felt like it was never going to get better like it was just ongoing and like I got to a certain point once I'd got out of the bed bound phase and I was back doing a bit in the gym and whatever it got to like a certain point I'd probably say like kind of 40% better and then it just stayed Mm -hmm. like that for months and months and months and I'm thinking right this is this is my body now like this is what it's going to feel like forever Um, and it really I found it really really difficult like most of last year I was just in a a, quite a negative headspace about it especially with it being my job you know like it's I was like god like am I going to have to you know manage this long term around work and like what am I actually going to do with training now what's my goal like what what am I doing and it really kind of got to me um and things only really kind of started to improve to be honest like at the end of last year um and I think sometimes you just you need to see as many different people and get as many different opinions until you find that one person who will help might be a combination of people as well like there's probably two things or two people that I've seen over the course of the last 12 so months that were like game changers for me Mm. but that's like yeah that's the best one of the best pieces of advice I can give is just like don't stop looking for answers just because one person says this like I I paid private for you know scans and all this and the the, the doctors there were like 
you know, you're done with bodybuilding, you'll never be able to compete again. And like, you hear that and you're like, oh shit, like what? Okay. But then you'll meet someone else who will have a look at you and have a completely different opinion. So like, just keep asking different people, keep getting referrals, like keep speaking to as many people as you can all over the country. Like I've traveled like (laughs) all over the country, getting different people's opinions. And then like, finally kind of, at the end of last year, I started um, working with someone who's just been an absolute game changer in terms of like my training. Um, so yeah, that would be like my biggest piece of advice. And also like time as well. Like time is, time heals most things. Yeah. Not everything, but it does. It genuinely does. And I think that's, that's something I struggled with massively is when I've had injuries in the past, like after a couple of months, things would feel better. And this wasn't a couple of months. It was, you know, over a year. Yeah. And like I said, it's still not right now. It's still not 100% better, but I can work around it. And I think just being patient and like, yeah, time does, it, it heals most things. Um, But just keep, keep kind of looking for help from as many different people as you can, but yeah. stay patient and work with what you, what you can do as well. I think as well and taking from that what I found you know for myself from having injuries and stuff is if you're if you've been sent to see someone like I got sent to see an NHS physio and he told me to build up my glutes by standing on one leg and I was like right mate like I'm a fucking bodybuilder man yeah like, if I was an 80 year old century woman wicked yeah. advice yeah not- yeah if something doesn't sound quite sound right, right yes yes quite makes sense probably yeah off and find someone else yeah you you someone else, right. yeah because a lot of these fixed. yeah a lot and a lot of people a lot of kind of you know professionals in in healthcare like with bodybuilders that like we are different to general population and especially like when I've gone to see like scoliosis experts and yeah. stuff and they're the you know that yes they're used to dealing with people with scoliosis but they're not used to dealing with bodybuilders with scoliosis I mean we're quite a limit <laughs> there's probably not a lot of us because it's very difficult to work around long term um but yeah like I had all that like he was he basically told me that I needed to take up swimming it was, this is like a this is an ongoing joke between me and my family and friends about me being now a swimmer instead of a bodybuilder yeah Whenever I went to see him, he'd be like, you need to take up swimming instead. I'm like, okay, it's not that simple. Like, <laughs> bodybuilding's my life. I can't just suddenly become. And anyway, I'm not good at swimming. <laughs> it's so... of that. Yeah. So if it's like, if it's a physical injury. Yeah. And you're a bodybuilder. If it's an illness. Yeah. Like, I've got like a neurological problem. We're trying to find out what it is. Yeah. Don't tell them you're a bodybuilder. No. Just be like. It's bodybuilding. Bodybuilder, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Everything, everything, everything you go to the doctors about, just don't tell them. Like, right. if I go to the GP, I wear, like, the biggest clothes. I'll wear, like, massive, like, I'll cover my arms up at all costs. Like, I do not want them to know that I even exercise at this point because everything, literally everything, will get blamed on bodybuilding. Oh, mate. It's I told what was wrong with me was Cushing syndrome from taking too many steroids. I was like... I've actually never taken steroids. I was like... Oh, they said that even though you... <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've never taken steroids. And they were like, just stop taking them. And I was like, but I'm not. <laughs> that is mental. Yeah, no, I've had it before. Like, I had a load of medical issues in 2020. I had a load of digestive issues. 
Um, and again, with that, it was like, it's bodybuilding. And guess what? It turned out to be something, nothing to do with bodybuilding in the end. And you're yeah. just like, it, yeah, they they will always just look to, to blame things that they don't understand. Well, we, we know mine's not bodybuilding. I've gone private and they're like, yeah, you had some other food poisoning and it's like basically triggered something in your genetics that's caused like a neurological illness. That's crazy, isn't yeah. it? It's actually, well, we think it's uh, going to be narcolepsy or potentially like a form of epilepsy. But it's, um yeah, it's actually quite common that people can eat something and then it just literally can trigger something or you get ill. Like you could get like like a really bad cold or something, uh, like a, a virus thing. And the virus will change, like, like it will already be in my body, but it'll just be like turned off and it basically like switches a switch. Like turns on this illness. Yeah. It's mental. But that's what I mean. Like when you, it just takes speaking to like the right people sometimes yeah, to get an answer. And like when I had all this, these issues in 2020 with um, digestive issues, um, when I first went to the doctors about it, I, I'd kind of worked out from my own research because I'm interested in things. Yeah. I kind of worked out my own research, like what I thought it was. But then I had to go through all the process of through the GP and referrals and everything, and they just I knew they were I knew they were sending me to the wrong sorts of people, and then I did so I didn't get the help I needed for about kind of like seven or eight months, and it turns out I'd been right the whole time on what I thought it was, and you're just like, why am I doing a better job than you? We're going to do another blood test. I'm like, why? Yeah, steroids might not be out your system yet. Thing is though if you're like me when you if you've had a lot of you know medical issues or like injuries you you are automatically a very self-aware person you understand like I know my body so well yeah so if something's not right like you, you have an inkling about why why that could be yeah. uh, and it yeah it's very frustrating sometimes trying to get the the GPs to, to, yeah. to see I think as well it's not just like knowing your own body as well but like being a coach and being in the profession that we're in you tend to know a lot about things so like the first you know bloody round and round we had was oh you've got low iron and I was like I'm not being funny like I'm pretty sure it's not low iron but yeah. we went on in circles for that for about fucking five months or something retarded yeah it is it's, it's you do you, you just kind of know things and you're like can you just respect that I kind of know some things that I'm talking about and we'll just yeah. skip this crap we'll go to what we actually need yeah. Yeah. And we're going to save the NHS some money doing that as well. But, you know. Yeah. It's like the creatinine levels every time you get a blood test. It's like, here we go again. Your kidneys failing. No, they're not. <laughs> they're really not. I just eat a lot of protein. <laughs> every time we have this conversation. <laughs> oh, God. It is, it is, though. But, yeah, so I guess if for people that are feeling like it, like, you know, when you come across injuries, like you said, it is time, it is finding the right people. Um, yeah, those two things, definitely, definitely. And then it's, I guess it's a lot of it as well as kind of like not giving up hope and doing what you can where you can as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very easy, I think, to to sit there and say that and, and when you're not in that position, and I get it, because, you know, people used to say it to me, like, oh, just focus on what you can do. Yeah. But it is, it is true, because at the end of the day, like, yeah, it's annoying as hell, because, you know, like, when I think back to what I was, like, at points last year, and I couldn't do, you know, a lot of training on legs. But I still could go and do upper body. 
like and I just kept trying to remind myself like it could be worse like I could not be able to do either you know I could I could not be able to, to, to do anything at all um and even though it sucks and it sucks when you're surrounded you know in the industry especially um like I said earlier especially with it being my job and stuff like I'm just constantly consuming content that's to do with bodybuilding like whether I want to or not um and it's really tough mentally when you're not able to do things that other people can do um but there's always going to be someone in a worse off position yeah. things could always be worse so yeah I think like you say although it's it's and it is easier said than done just focusing on what you can control and doing your best with those things essentially yeah and putting your energy into areas like last year I felt for me what really helped was judging like having the opportunity to focus my energy there and yeah. I remember one of the shows I just gave Lisa a massive hug and I said thank you so much for like giving me this opportunity because for me that kept me going that yeah. was something that I was still doing in bodybuilding but yeah so much if I couldn't train yeah. Much. yeah you know what and I, I did that I did a lot of that last year um not even so much in bodybuilding, but I started spending a lot of time on things that I wouldn't usually and new things that weren't to do with bodybuilding just to kind of, yeah, just give myself a little bit of a new focus and not get so bogged down in, you know, well, I can't do this perfectly, so what's the point in doing it at all? Yeah. Um, and I did all sorts. Like, I mean, I got my dog last year. That was an absolute game changer for me like proper get like just everything about like having her has just improved my life in so many ways and like I knew it would I knew I was gonna love it but it I, I now was like what was I doing with my life before my dog like she's literally changed my entire life if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a dog go and get one if you got the time yeah get one just go yeah. find one from anywhere yeah honestly like from a physical point of view like you know it keeps me active but just for everything like it, do you know what when when you're not in the best headspace I think just having someone else and ideally an animal because they're cuter but having someone else to kind of look after really gives you a sense of purpose and I think last year that is what I lacked like it was like I'd kind of lost I'd lost that big goal and I'd lost that sense of purpose and that that kind of drive to get up and go on a morning um that's kind of where my head was at like mentally um and getting a dog was like an absolute game changer for that because you have to get up do you know what I mean like if you're not in a good if, if you've ever gone through I don't know if you've ever been through like phases you know where your head's not been in a, a good place like I've suffered on and off with anxiety and depression and and that always falls in line with injuries as well yeah you know, if if I get injured or ill, my mental health is the one that is the first thing to follow after. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think just having like with with Birdie, my dog, it was like, well, I've got to get I've got to get out of the house because she has to have a walk. She's a high energy breed, so she has to be out. You know, she has to be exercised for at least an hour and a half a day. Um, and I know that when I get outside for an hour and a half a day, I feel loads better, like loads better. Does she in? drag you out of bed it's like so you've got a birdie I've got a birdie so, oh. <laughs> when it was Springer sat next to me now um and I mean like he bless him when he was younger he was a bit more like he would literally I'm not joking because I'm, oh, I'm quite young. 
yeah, she's nine, ten months, nine and a half months. Yeah, she's young. Yeah, she's but I used to literally grab my hand and like pull me up. Like if I was sat, I'd come home from work, I'd be like, and then I'd take him out. But sometimes I'd want a cup of tea. Yeah, you want to chill. Yeah, yeah. So just no. Not when you've got when you've got a uh, like a breed like that, you've got no chance. No, no, mum. Like we we leave the yeah. house. Now. It, honestly, it was so funny. About a month ago, um, I'm I'm not a big drinker, but I'd I'd been out on a night out for the first time in probably about three years or something, <laughs> and um, I was absolutely not in a good way the next day. Like I was full on vegetable mode, and I was in bed, um, like all day and she she usually gets a walk around about nine or ten o'clock and she obviously knows that that's when we're used to going out and it got to like 2 p.m and I'm still just like rotting in bed and she just started barking at me <laughs> she just like literally shouting at me to take her out <laughs> so I had to get her out then as well but yeah I think honestly like just she massively gave me a sense of purpose something else to focus on but I did all sorts last year like oh, what else did I do I joined like a, pot, a local pottery course I had a full-on little like quarter life <laughs> crisis it was great though like uh, the yeah and but I think yeah just be open-minded to other things but generally speaking like you can come back from most injuries like you, yeah. re- you really can and it's very easy to be like, oh, it was different for me. Like mine's going to be, you know, worse than everyone else's. Because I was all that, you know, negative self-talk. Um, but I look back now and I'm like, I'm I'm glad that, you know, I did keep my head on to it to, to a point where I wasn't picking up from, you know. Yeah, I wasn't great last year. I didn't train an awful lot and I wasn't that consistent with food. But I did something. I did, you know, I did keep it going to a point where I've been able to pick up, you know, at the end of last year, now I'm in a better place with, um, with injuries um, and yeah, get going again. And now to be fair, I feel like I'm pretty much I'm probably from this point onwards, I'm probably going to start to exceed my previous look, which is, which is hard to judge because obviously my last look, I was shredded and at the moment I'm not, but I, I think in my head initially, Huh? I'm still very lean though. Yeah-ish, but I'm probably about, what am I, about 30, yeah, 25, 25, 30 pounds off my last stage weight. Um, but yeah, I think in my head initially when I was like, right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, I'm going to try and at least just do one more show. In my head, I was thinking, I don't even care if I just look the same because I just need to come back. Like, I don't, it's not about that anymore. It's not about looking better. It's literally just about coming back and just yeah. one more show. But now in my head, I'm, as I'm getting going, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I think I think I can actually bring an improved look, even if I can't go on a hack squat, even if I can't do this. Like, there are ways around things to create muscle tension and to build muscle yeah. that aren't necessarily the things I did to build that muscle in the first place um, it's kind of like accepting that so so yeah yeah we don't need a hat squat to get jacked that is the main thing I think we can take away from this podcast. I do miss it though <laughs> I miss torturing myself on that that horrible machine <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing we're going to kind of talk about um yeah. is obviously figure so most of the girls that you coach are figure athletes yeah um, majority of yeah yeah, and as we kind of look through, obviously we've got like FitX, we've got NFM UK, we've got PCA, we've got two rows, we've got UK's FBA, we've got 
Christ knows what other letters in the alphabet yeah. federations. Yeah. The look changes, I think, with figure more than any other. Mm-hmm. Like more yeah. than it does with like bikini or anything. Yeah, federation to federation, it does massively. And I think that sometimes it's a case of just like trying, trying different federations out, but also making sure you're working with someone who understands the ones you do want to try out. Um, because you know, certain coaches are going to have more experience working with different, you know, different class criteria than others. Um, and like you said, they are so different. It's not just a case like it is for men's categories um, where it's like, right, let's just bring you in the most shredded and the, and the fullest and whatever as you can be. Like, it's not just a case of that. So a, a lot of the time I see, you know, first time figure girls or even just, you know, even bikini girls, but especially figure girls with what the categories are like. And they'll they'll have someone coach them who is not experienced in the industry at all. It's just maybe someone local or whatever. Yeah. And you're just, you're missing out on, it's an entire world, like figure in itself, like there's just an entire thing in its own right. You know, look at PTA, for example, they've got three different figure categories. They're all really, really different. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it, it's making sure you're kind of working. It's not necessarily like their name figure, it's the look within those classes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's and it's understanding, like it's amazing even like, you know, people in the industry who don't understand the difference between toned and athletic figure. And like, this is yeah. something I'm very like passionate about and that um, I know I understand incredibly well. Um, and I've not had any clients, you know, have to have to move, have to move classes because I do I do feel like I, I understand the the criteria well. What would you say the main difference is when you're looking Let's take PCA then. Let's say, because yeah. PCA, like I said, you've got three different yeah. figure classes. Yeah. So what well, the difference between the three of them? So the main difference is as you're going up from tone to classic, athletics trained is more condition and more size, but it's much more about the condition than the size, especially between toned and athletic. Yeah. Um, so the main difference, because I've, I've heard a lot of girls especially last season saying like, oh, you know, the, the lines are getting blurred. Like some of the tone girls look like athletic girls, you know, the, the delts are massive and all this. It's like, okay, yeah, they, they might have big full delts, but when they turn to the back, their legs aren't fully in. And yeah. it's, the, it's the lower body in toned class that's going to be like the key driver essentially. So when, when, when you're hitting a, a front relaxed pose in tone figure, you don't want to see loads of quad separation. When you turn to the back, you know, you're not looking for, you know, any def much definition through the glutes and, and the hamstrings. You just want like a little bit of a nice tie in. You don't want any excess body yeah. fat there, obviously. Is the, you, your toned figure and your bikini is the same conditioning? Yeah. Yeah. And on that subject, this is something I'm very passionate about. Athletic figure, trained bikini. Okay. They are literally the same. The same. The only difference. Yeah, and and really muscularity as well. Like yeah. the the only difference should be between those two are is the posing, and it's what you prefer. Do you prefer the bikini look and the bikini posing, or do you prefer the figure look? Do you want to do routines? Do you want to do hands over head poses? Like it, the really good trained bikini girls 
should be able to just hop into athletic figure, throw their hands over their head and look like they fit in and vice versa. Yeah. Like these bikini train girls are no joke. Like they're, they're henched. You know yeah. what I mean? They're, they're, getting back to our first po- kind of put in the podcast is the structure. Yeah, exactly. So the structure between yeah. your figure and your bikini girl is going to be slightly different. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So like, for example, so you've got someone who kind of, has got the size and condition for both of those classes, right? We'll pop the pop them in both poses and let's see what they're kind of looking best in. Do they have, you know, slightly higher inserted lats? Then they're probably going to be better going into um, bikini, okay? Because when you're hitting a front posing figure, you want nice big prominent lats. You don't want them sitting too high up. Um, quad sweep, for example, if you've got a prominent quad sweep, you're probably going to be better in figure because you need that for the front pose there's there's so many you know variations and then there's obviously the addition of wellness which now pca have brought in too um and that's that's another class that's obviously gaining a lot of popularity and it's important to again like remember that like a wellness class is like it's no joke like it's not about we're not lacking on condition whatsoever it's literally yeah. it's literally you have you are lower body dominant not in a body fat way in a yeah. muscular muscular class that really gets me because you see so they're like i'm wellness i'm like you're not wellness your legs just aren't in yeah and that's the thing and like as females like most females i think i'm trying to think of an example i think me personally i've got one client who one client out of any client i've ever worked with uh, the only females i know who don't naturally store body fat mostly on the lower half but 99 percent of females in their off season are going to store fat more fat on their legs yeah and it's very you know easy in an off season to be like okay yeah my legs look you know my legs look wham I'm going to do wellness but if, if you truly get into condition you need to then assess right am I actually lower body dominant or is it just where I carry like my body fat do you know what I mean yeah, absolutely um, so yeah and like the wellness again really it should kind of almost look like trained bikini but just with bigger legs like yeah. and, and really full like really full like that full well, see wellness when it's done well is like my favorite class I love, I love, I love it. it yeah like the look of it it's like it's the way I always describe about wellness is like this bubbly muscle yeah yeah, they're kind of like overspilled. Yeah, you want to almost be kind yeah. of overspilled for it. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's like the bubbly glutes, big bubbly quads. Yeah. Even like the shoulders, I find like on a good wellness scale, like even their shoulder caps are really like bubbly. Like it's just a bubbly it's a, physique. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice look. It's and it looks healthier because they are coming in that full, you know. Yeah. And it's I mean, speaking from you know what I look like when I'm in condition, like I don't look healthy. <laughs> I'm just in prep leave me alone like I know that I'm nearly ready when my mum starts getting like really worried about, about she's like you look twice your age all right yeah must be nearly ready then but it is it's a much like kind of healthier look and that's purely just from like filling people up properly and in, into shows um but yeah in terms of like toned athletic trains everything is just a progression as you go up so tones you know the the softest um and the smallest out of three and then next up is athletic next up is strange and then 
when you're moving across to two bros, um, you can get away from anything, you know, between, depending on the individual, between athletic and trained condition. So you'll see some girls who compete with PCA in either of those classes do two bros figure because you do have that much more room to, to, to push with condition. I'd say with two bros, I really, I find with them, like, because I think if I'd got a girl that wanted to do like PCA and for X, like she would either do like toned in PCA and toned in for X mm-hmm. or trained in both. Or to be honest, like with their PCA, because um, they don't have women's physique, do they? PCA. No. So I guess their trained would then convert to like uh, your women's physique when you come to like. That's, that's, that's a crossover. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So it's just like a different name. But then yeah. when you then go into two bros, like I find there's, like you said, it's it's bigger than toned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. You don't see tone, tone girls are not, you know, well, obviously they can enter a two bro show. But yeah. if you're competitive in a two bro show, you need to be, you know, athletic or trained in, in PCA. Um, and you can get, as long as you're not too like drawn in, you can get away with being like, you push pushing your condition as much as possible for for yeah. for, bros, for sure. You're I'm not going to get yeah. Because I think with two bros, it's like the when you look at your PCAs, if it's X or an FMUK, there's a lot of different classes, and I find that it's nice because you can get a client come to you and they're like, I don't know what class they're in, I just want to be a bodybuilder. Cool, you can look at them and you can put them in because they will fit somewhere. But when you've got two bros, there's such a big jump between bikini and yes. then figure. Yeah, figure and then women's physique, yeah. and brownness obviously sits in the middle. But yeah, like I kind of like that though. I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how things develop over the course of the next few years in the industry because it's got to get to a point where like we can't keep adding more classes. Yeah, you know, and and that's what I do like about IFBB is that it's very simple you know obviously they added wellness in over the course of the last few years but again that class addition is very obvious yeah what is actually different and I think it just it it keeps the judging like simple it's yeah. like we know we know what we're looking for here and yes obviously over time things progress like if you look at how figure for example has progressed over the course of the last 10 years at the olympia like it's mental how much it's changed like it's crazy but it's still always been every year like really kind of clear cut on the classes whereas you go to some shows these days and it's just like there's just class after class and then there's always you know there's the height classes there's the juniors there's the masters there's so much um that yeah it will be interesting to see how it kind of develops I think over the next few years um and yeah just just because obviously gaining more popularity as the years go on um so it'll be interesting from like a coaching perspective as well I'm just kind of like keeping up to date with with shows and class criteria and things like that yeah I guess as well and and like coaching wise as well it's like you said it's not just Right, you look at this girl, we'll call her Anne. This is my client Anne here. And, you know, you can look at Anne, you can be like, right, straight away, if you, if you, she was like, right, I want to be IFBB, cool. We know she's even a bikini figure, wellness. Yeah. You know, women's bodybuilding, whatever. But then you put her, and she says, no, I want to do like PCA, I want to do fix, I want to do NFM UK. Then you've got even more classes. So you're like, okay, like, 
mm, you're kind of in between these two so like what do you do then and like the posing might be slightly different so it's very yeah. much then like more down that kind of route yeah this is this is something that is again from like teaching posing like say I'll have like a client come to me whether they're a coaching girl who I'm doing their posing with as well or if it's just like a posing client and they're like right I'm doing two bros fit x and pca this year i'm like okay we've <laughs> got loads of different poses and it's not just the poses it's like right well for one you've got an eye walk for one you've got a routine for that one you've got to do a different side pose though oh and you can't do overhead poses with this one and it's like to me because i know it well it seems simple but then when i've tried to explain it to someone else who's just learning it all from scratch it's like what yeah whereas like for men's classes it's so like right well you're just doing quarters and your mom trees like it's dead easy like it's so easy yeah. to do what you're gonna do like there's just so much variation I think with a lot of the kind of amateur shows now um with the posing that it's it is really important that you go especially to especially in figure especially in figure like oh yeah I've taught absolutely figure like one-to-one -one, I find right I taught a figure workshop the other day and I was like, oh, this, because that was the first one I've done. And I was like, oh, this is really hard, actually, because everyone's hitting a different pose. Yeah. Because this person's doing fix, this person's yeah. doing sit, this person's doing two bros. So all your poses, I'm like, yeah. it's one pose, and they're all yeah. completely different. I'm like, ah, you know, right. like people, even like from a figure perspective, I'm just going to move over here to charge my laptop. Um, like talking about different obviously people shooting different poses even with figure like you'll get some people who really suit the traditional style side poses um and, and some people who, who really don't and they look much better in the pca ones like me personally i don't really like how i look in the ifbb side poses which is obviously what i've ended up going with um i prefer how my physique looks in the pca ones but even things like that it's like oh like your physique looks so different even in your quarter turns yeah it's, it's it's mental and I think the other thing that I found teaching figure posing which I didn't find so much with bikini posing because bikini posing is I would say more stricter than like figure posing because when you come to PCA you can you can put your arms over your head you can put the by your yeah. side you can put your legs like this you can put them like that yeah. What I found with figure posing is a lot of the girls want to do stuff because they think it looks really cool and they think it looks really pretty. But when they actually put that pose together, you're like, okay, cool. Like, it looks really nice if this was like a nice photo. But actually on stage, on you've stage. Just thrown off your top line, you've thrown up your legs, you know, yeah. you're in the X frame. And it's a lot, it's a lot more intricate to constantly be creating this balanced physique throughout the poses. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that, I get that. And what, what is nice about uh, the PCA style of posing, for example, is like you can really showcase um, outside of your quarter turns, you can really choose to showcase your strengths. Yeah. And it's maybe like easier to hide things that you're, you, you, you know, might not be kind of strong points for you because you get the option of what side you want to pose from, you get the option of what pose that actually is. Yeah. Uh, even with like your front bicep where well, you don't even have to do that from the front you can do it from the side so if you don't look good from the front well the only time they're going to see you from the front is in your front relaxed which you're not hitting for very long so it's like you do get a lot more opportunity to really work with your strengths I think whereas um, 
maybe in two rows and fit X where you kind of really have to do certain poses from certain sides, you can't hide. It's not as easy to hide, really. Yeah. Which is it's an interesting concept as well there because, like you said, you can't hide. Like your physique has got to do the talking in those yeah. federations because yeah. you haven't got that opportunity to yeah. hide. You know what? Like I literally judge every single person's physique, whether they're a bikini girl, a figure girl, like a men's bodybuilder, whatever. I make a judgment on their physique from their front pose because you yeah. can't hide, especially in figure um in terms of like women's categories at least um like there's no hiding on a front shot like yes people would always shows one from the back okay yeah you've got to have a good back shot yeah but that's also i think is people that don't mean really what they're talking about yeah, exactly you've got to have a front shot as well like you're coming out and you're going into your front pose and if you've got a wide waist no lats and no quad sweep well yeah yeah you, you you can't hide that in the front pose and that's why I always like if I'm watching shows and like you know trying to make a judgment on who's going to win and all this like show me a front shot and that's that's where I make a really big kind of like judgment on someone's shape from that and it is as well because when you've got people and they come out and especially if you've got like a massive lineup of girls they all come out there with a hit their front shot. Like you said, that person's got no lats, they've got a wide waist. Cool, right. Straight away. Out. You're and coming out and you're at the front. Yeah. That's cool, right. So far, you're my top three. And then obviously you judge everyone else as well. But yeah. it's straight away, you're making that first impression on the judges who's in their first house. Yeah, 100%. And a lot of the time, like... Um, I think, especially, I'm not sure what it's like with fit, to be honest, but it's probably the same. Like, you can obviously come out, hit a specific pose, and then go into your front relaxed to wait. Um, so you can come out and do a different pose initially if you're, you know, if you're the first out and you've got a couple of extra seconds and minutes or whatever. Um, but if you've not That's got, if you've not got like a really strong front relax, I always kind of like recommend to people that they maybe hit a power pose or hit like a slightly side on pose where they can kind of just make a bigger impact from the first shot. If, if the front relax isn't a particularly strong pose, if it's, if you've got a good front pose, the best thing to do is just to walk out and hit it because people who yeah. don't will be will be hiding it for sure. Well, again, the main ones that you want to be working on, isn't it, is those mandatory posing. I think there's always I always find people come to me and they're like, I'm really worried about my walk. I'm really worried about my routine. I'm really worried. Oh, people just like, this is what I say. Stop worrying about your routine. Like the best way I explain it to people is right your posing is what you're being judged on okay so all your court turns and your other poses that's for the judges your roots your posing routine is for the audience or for you it's for your photos yeah literally stop worrying about it because you're not being judged on it and it should just be enjoyable do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely um, so yeah, we kind of spoke about kind of there going through. Do you what do you find with the sort of more natural federations then? Your UK UK DFBA, WMBF? And posing is all very, very different. <laughs> it's it's a minefield. Yeah. I've had um I've had quite a few girls last year and I got quite a few this year doing some different um natural federations. We've got some doing UK DFBA this year. Last year I had WMBF. Um I think I had some do BMBF last year as well. Yeah, again, it's just 
it's the posing. It's just. So then, do you find the looks very different with the more natural federations? Yeah. Yes. Massively. Um, that's a really good point, actually. I had a, um, a lady last year compete, a coaching girl, and um, she was, she would have been right for kind of athletic figure, I would say, in PCA. Um, but with the Natural Federation, I think it's UKDFA, um, she was easily women's physique, easily. Yeah. And, you know, you'd, you'd probably get a lot of bikini girls with with um, other federations that they'd be in figure with the natural ones. Usually, like, you need to you need to kind of class down a bit, really. Yeah. They're not, it, it, it's a different look. They're mm -hmm. looking for a more natural look. So. Yeah. It has to be slightly, time, yeah. slightly smaller. Yeah. Um, I had um, a client last year, Heather, who was absolutely awesome, natural girl. Um, and she she won the PCA first time a show. Like she genetically, like very gifted structurally and like full as well. You wouldn't, you wouldn't genuinely like probably think she's natural. Like she looks, she looks amazing. And she was kind of like really borderline in both the classes we did, both in PCA and um and the natural federations. And it was a lot of it was just purely from like the fullness of adults because it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> like where where have they come from? Like those don't look like not adults, but they are. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, again, it's just about working with someone who understands that um, and understands the difference between not only, like you say, the classes, uh, the federations, but also the unassisted to assisted federations as well, because it's a whole, again, a whole different world, a whole yeah. different world. It, it is, it's mad, isn't it? And like, as coaches, like how much we need to know to make sure people are going to the right yeah, and if you don't know, like, just research it. Do you know what I mean? Like, when I first started coaching, I didn't know an awful lot about the natural federations, but I just educated myself. Yeah. If you can't find what you need to find out online, then spend time going to shows, speaking to other people who do know those specific federations, watching stuff on YouTube, like, educate yourself. Like, don't just wing it for your client, because at the end of the day, like it's their show like you need you need to give them like the best opportunity possible like educate yourself I think it's your responsibility as a coach to have a thorough understanding of the industry the classes the federations um I'd never understand people that trust people to prep them and, and advise them who aren't like consumed with the industry because it's it's ever-changing and it's an entire different world. It's not just bodybuilding. There's so much to know and it's too much. You're risking too much not going to someone who fully understands it. Yeah, and because you get people like... The thing is as well, like, you can come and talk to us. Yeah. I judge, I know the criteria, like, come and talk to me. And I've had people that have come to me and they've, you know, they've come to me for posing and they said, my coach thinks this, but I'm not really sure. And there's been a few that I've gone, yeah, you're not. Like I had a girl, she was like, yeah, I think I'm bikini maybe trained. And I was like, uh, yeah, you're trained figure. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. I get it, I get it with posing a lot as well. Cause I'll have people come to me for posing who are, aren't, who aren't people I'm coaching and ask me for advice mm. and because their coach isn't giving them the advice or has told them one thing and I'll just dis maybe disagree with it. And you've got to tread quite carefully, but 
if you don't trust, if you don't have full trust in your coach, something's wrong. Like that, that has to be established from the get-go in a coaching relationship. Like you need to be able to trust your coach's opinion on everything. Um, you know, not just training and, and diet and getting ready for the show, but also what, you know, you actually need to be doing on the show day and what class is right for you. And there are things there, like, because obviously everyone starts off in the industry and hmm. none of us get it right first time. That's not. That's not. Yeah. But I guess then it's it's having that ability to reach out as well and say, if you don't know something outsource it yeah there's you know if I get sometimes I'll have something crop up with one of my coaching clients and it might be like out of my remit or something that I'm not fully educated on rather than stabbing in the dark I'm going to outsource it and get an opinion off someone who is more educated on that than me yeah because all it's doing really is is helping that person exactly yeah you just went I would just do this and then it doesn't work yeah I mean, it doesn't look great, does it? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, so, what are your kind of future plans now moving forward? So, um, I kind of officially started my first proper off season since pre twenty twenty one prep in January. So, kind of like two months into that now. Um, and I'm just going with the flow, really. I, I, like I said to you, I feel like I probably, probably now in the last eight weeks, kind of got myself back to where I was uh, size-wise, I would think, um, to where I was when I, when I last competed. So anything from here is going to be hopefully additional, you know, tissue growth. And then I'll probably look to kind of pull back around May or June time and just assess things as I go. My goal, to be honest with you, is I just want to do a pro show. Like, that's my only goal. Like, it might not seem a lot and like a big goal, but when when I've kind of been where I was last year mentally and physically like like really tough and I've had a, I've generally had like a, a tough 12 months anyway like had a big breakup obviously at the end of at the end of last year um and I've had all sorts happen in my life over the last 12 months so I just want to kind of do it for me and myself just to prove myself wrong I want to prove myself wrong that I was wrong to kind of like retire from competing um and yeah just do a pro show essentially if I can make some improvements cool that'll be an extra bonus but for me I just want to kind of come back from the last 12 months and yeah do a pro show because it's been a cool experience and like I don't want to look back in 20 years and be like god's sake so why didn't you just yeah, yeah. just do one like it's um, I'm never going to be at in a position where I feel like I'll be competitive in the pro league because I'm not willing to push um assistance to that level and I will happily like you know accept that um and even like with with my age as well like I'm just I'm not at a point where I'm going to be competitive that's fine I just kind of want the life experience of doing a pro show really so yeah that's my goal at some point whether it's this year or next year um come back do a pro show and then just I'll have to come up with a new goal after that see see what see what's what and then obviously I've got lots of girls competing again this year so big goals in driving my business forward um so yeah they're my plans really no I really love that as well because I think that and I kind of spoke about in this podcast that I put out yesterday with Charlie is that there's so many people and they go out there and they're like right um so I've done one show and uh, I've decided now I'm gonna go for my pro card next year and you're like, I like to do that. yeah standard 
Like, why don't you just go out and just, like you said, just enjoy it. Just enjoy being on stage because you'll get far more out of it. And just go and be like, do you know what? My goal is to be competitive on stage. My goal is to place top three. My goal is to win a show, win an overall. Then about that. And then, like I said, once you go into the pro leagues anyway, you're like at the bottom work your way back up again okay. this is what I say to people like just remember that when you do turn pro you, like if you like competing if you're addicted to competing which a lot of people are like you're you're just starting from the bottom again is that what you want do you actually want to do that or do you want to maybe enjoy competing as an amateur for a little bit longer if you really are one of these people that loves competing and loves shows I'm personally not but you a lot of people are like this they genuinely just absolutely love shows and doing shows competing getting on stage if you're truly one of those people then it's probably best if you stay in the amateur ranks longer and actually just enjoy doing that and being competitive and you know getting as an amateur and then go and chase your pro card yeah exactly exactly and and that's one of the biggest things like I'm kind of really looking forward to about you know if I am able to compete again is um something I spoke about on on a post last week is just the lack of pressure because I always have been so competitive mm-hmm. um and every show I've kind of done it's I have to win like that's that's always been my attitude I have to win or I may as well have lost in my opinion like I'm so competitive whereas now I don't have that pressure on myself and it's going to be really nice to do a show where like I'll actually probably really enjoy the day a lot more because most shows I do or have done previously I've ruined for myself with the pressure I put on to win so it'd be nice that thought in my head where I'm like Right now, I don't feel any pressure. Like, I want to compete in the next year. And I just want to see what happens. But then I don't know whether I come to it, whether all of a sudden I'm going to put loads of pressure on myself and be like, wow, you're unbeaten. You're so going to have to do that again. Like Pressure does crazy things to people, like, honestly. like, And, th- and this is why, like I, I just said, like I'm, I'm not one of those people that buzzes off show day. But is that just because of the crazy amount of pressure I put on myself. Yeah. Will I actually, like, you know, if when I next compete, whether it's this year or next year, and I don't have that pressure because I literally couldn't care less about, you know, play, even placing, like, will I actually, I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued to see, like, okay, will I really enjoy the day now I don't have that pressure? Yeah. Um, and it'll just be kind of cool to just get, like, a completely different perspective on it basically so I'm quite looking forward to it you never know quite what you're going to be like before it happens because mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed it I've loved it show day I buzz like you said I'm one of those people that buzz off it but yeah. I've never ever put any pressure on myself before well that's why probably yeah. Yeah. and I'm like what if I go into this one I do put pressure on myself yeah you're like I've always I, just been like, I might this time <laughs> yeah like and, and I genuinely think like I just I've just ruined it for myself in the past and I think it's it's a trait that, you know, I think, well, if I hadn't have been like that with myself, would I have achieved what I have achieved? I don't know. I always kind of make this joke to people that I bullied myself. I like, I hated myself into turning pro because I was just so like, just not satisfied with my physique for six years that I just bullied myself into looking better. Do you know what I mean? So like this constant like voice in my head, like, right, well, you've got to do this. You've got to train harder. You've got to get your meals and you've got to push harder on the, on the cardio because it was like, I just bullied myself into it. Whereas like now I'm just coming out from completely different perspective. 
yeah it's like just coming from a completely different place like it's coming from a place of like I just want to be my best yeah I think it also that can be about what you're consuming as well at the time is that and I think I've got to say that I think the last few years there has been less of it but you mm. used to see on social media like a few years ago certainly was always well you know if you don't do this you don't want it enough and if you're eating off plan meals in the off season then you must not want it enough and like you know it was ridiculous some of the stuff yeah, that you massively massively yeah massively and could that be part of it as well that then you were so think- because you thought that you had to be because that's what it was I don't know you know because generally speaking like I've always been especially in off season like um a bit of kind of like a what I refer to as like a half-assed bodybuilder I'm not a half-assed bodybuilder but I'm very, I've always been very relaxed with food and things in off season like I'm, I've definitely never been one of those people that's super robotic um I think it's just my it's more me I think and it's just my kind of like underlying like drive for well it, it's my fear of failure I think and obviously second place isn't failing failing of course I know that but in to, it's like to all, all of the people my clients and everyone else well, second place isn't failing but not me though like to me yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed to come second <laughs> do you know what I mean and um, I think it's that I think it's just like my 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 need to not fail um that that's kind of that's driven that like almost like self-hatred into into being better but now like I say I think I'm in I'm coming at it from such a more like positive place um because I thought I'd had it kind of like taken from me so now I'm just take I'm just I'm enjoying it for what it is because I just feel like lucky to be able to to train again basically and have the opportunity to potentially compete again you probably enjoy like everything you'll enjoy the prep the off season like a lot completely different completely different way of way of looking at it with uh, Matt before as well yes I'm still working with Matt yeah no I meant like sorry when when did you start working so I first got Matt to coach me last March yeah pretty much a year ago um my head was well and truly fallen off at this point um and I just I kind of got to a point where like I'd never felt I needed accountability before but I was like I actually do like I need accountability because I, I'm, my head was just all over the place. It was like, I was almost one of those people that's like, oh, I'll start again on Monday. I've become one of those people because I just couldn't, I couldn't just stick to something. So I thought I, I need, I need some accountability. Um, and it's very good with like his mindset stuff. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. I've only met Matt once or twice, but I really, really like him. Honestly, that's exactly why I went to him. It was like, because at that point in my head, I was retired from competing and it was purely like I needed a more of a lifestyle coach, yeah. um, which is, you know, mostly what, what Matt is. And he's really good at the mindset stuff. And obviously like I'd known him for a couple of years and he'd always been really understanding with like my mental health issues. And it just seemed like a really obvious choice when I needed a coach. And he's obviously like then been through the last 12 months with me, which has been the most mental 12 months. And he's seen me obviously from some really kind of low points to where I kind of have been the last few months. Um, and it's, it's honestly going to be awesome if we can pull this off and actually like, because when I first started working with him, it was just a case of, I just want to actually go back to the gym and, and start being consistent. So if we can actually pull this off and get me back in a bikini on stage, I think like I saw him last week and he was like, so I will definitely cry if we pull this off. Like it's been like, it's been such a roller coaster the last 12 months. And we, you know, we're really, really close mates, me and Matt. And he's, he's been on the end of the phone when I've been in like my worst kind of places. So 
it'll be really nice to be able to kind of like give that back to him as a coach as well. So fingers crossed, we'll pull it off. Oh, I know, I'm sure you will. Because I think he'll just, he'll handle that kind of mindset thing a lot better. And I think, you, like you said, I think you'll buzz off it because you will come yeah. from working with Matt, working from such a different mindset. Yeah. You'll just yeah. enjoy it more. Yeah, massively. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly very... Very excited for how these, this year and next year is going to go. It should be good. It should be really good. That's brilliant. So one final question for you then. For yeah. anyone listening to this podcast today, what's the one thing you'd like them to take away from it? Oh, oh I think we've covered, we've covered so much, haven't we? Right, really? Um, yeah, I think, honestly, this might sound like really cliche. And it, yeah, you know what, it does sound pretty cliche, but just don't give up because there's always... Like life can't be good all the time. Yeah. There's always going to be dips. Um, but the the lower bits always, always make the the better bits better. And that's one thing like I've massively learned is anytime I've had an injury or an illness or something wrong, you know, bad mental health things, and I've had, you know, to pull out of preps or have time out, I always look back and think there was a reason for that. Yeah. Like always makes you you learn from everything and every time like I said that I've had an injury or anything like that I always look back and think you know what I'm actually really glad I went through that I'm glad that worked how how that did because I learned this about myself and it meant I could do this and yeah I think yeah that's basically it you learn you learn from everything basically that's awesome. Um, and for anyone who wants to come find you, maybe they've got some questions after this podcast or whatever, yeah. where can I find you too? So best place is Instagram at sophie.a.j.ifbbpro. Well, I don't know why I even asked this question because I'm like, where can they find you? And everyone's like, on Instagram. Like, I just yeah. might as well say, what's your Instagram handle? I really, want to ch- I really want to change my handle to Big Soph. I've been, I've been meaning to do it for ages, but I just can't bring myself to take the IFBB Pro that out because I'm, I'm too proud of that to take it out. But yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone calls me Big Soph and it's like, I just feel like it would be so much more me if I was Big Soph. I don't know. To be continued, we'll see. Soph underscore IFBB Pro. I mean, yeah. It's, so you can't it's, find it's, her in Sophie AJ. The end of Sophie AJ. <laughs> Rest in peace, Sophie AJ. <laughs> Big Soph season is next. <laughs> Off season is Big Soph season. Yeah, then I can change it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I, I'm actually going to do it. Do it. Right. So you can now find her under Big Soph. <laughs> yeah, Big Soph. Just search Big Soph for find me somewhere. <laughs> Love it. In the post on Instagram anyway, so yeah and i'll take you in the description but yeah thank you so so much for coming on and if you are listening as well please hit that follow button so you can hear more of these lovely podcasts with wonderful guests and share it on your stories tagging me and so in it so we can know you've enjoyed it so yeah speak to you soon bye do you want to say bye bye <laughs> um because they don't have women's physique do they pca no so i guess they're trained would then convert to like uh your women's physique when you come to like that's that's a crossover yeah for sure so it's just like a different name but then when you then go into two bros like i find there's like you said it's it's bigger than toned oh yeah yeah uh, yeah you don't see tone tone girls are not you know obviously they can enter a two bro show but if you go 
competitive in a two-bro show, you need to be, you know, athletic or trained in in PCA. Um, and you can get, as long as you're not too, like, drawn in, you can get away with being, like, you push pushing your condition as much as possible for for, yeah. for two-bros, for sure. You're I'm not going to get... Yeah, because I think with two-bros, it's like the... When you look at your PCAs, if it X or an FMUK, there's a lot of different classes. And I find that it's nice because you can get a client come to you and they're like, I don't know what class they are, I just want to be able to put a kill. You can look at them and you can put them in because they will fit somewhere. But when you've got two bros, there's such a big jump between bikini and yes. then figure. Yeah. Figure and then women's physique. Yeah. And roundness obviously sits in the middle, but. Yeah, like I kind of like that though. I think it's. It's going to be interesting to see how things develop over the course of the next few years in the industry because it's got to get to a point where, like, we can't keep adding more classes. Yeah. You know, and and that's what I do like about IFPB is that it's very simple. You know, obviously they added wellness in over the course of the last few years, but, again, that class addition is very obvious. Yeah what is actually different and I think it just it it keeps the judging like simple it's yeah. like we know we know what we're looking for here and yes obviously over time things progress like if you look at how figure for example has progressed over the course of the last 10 years at the Olympia like it's mental how much it's changed like it's crazy but it's still always been every year like really kind of clear cut on the classes whereas you go to some shows these days and it's just like there's just class after class and then there's always you know there's the height classes there's the juniors there's the masters there's so much um that yeah it will be interesting to see how it kind of develops I think over the next few years um and yeah just just because obviously gaining more popularity as the years go on um so it'll be interesting from like a coaching perspective as well I'm just kind of like keeping up to date with with shows and class criteria and things like that yeah I guess as well and and like coaching wise as well it's like you said it's not just right you look at this girl we'll call her Anne this is my client Anne here and you know you can look at Anne you can be like right straight away if you if you she was like right I want to be IFB cool we know she's even a bikini figure wellness yeah you know women's bodybuilding whatever but then you put her and she says, no, I want to do like PCA, I want to do FIX, I want to do NFM UK. Then you've got even more classes. So you're like, okay, like you're kind of in between these two. So like, what do you do then? And like the posing might be slightly different. So it's very much then like more down that kind of route. Yeah, this is, this is something that is, again, from like teaching posing, like say I'll have like a client come to me, whether they're a coaching girl who I'm doing their posing with as well, or if it's just like a posing client, and they're like, right, I'm doing two bros, FitX and PCA this year. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we've got loads of different poses. And it's not just the poses. It's like, right, well, for one, you've got an eye walk. For one, you've got a routine. For that one, you've got to do a different side pose, though. Oh, and you can't do overhead poses with this one. And it's like, to me, because I know it well, it seems simple. But then when I try and explain it to someone else who's just learning it all from scratch, it's like what yeah whereas like for men's classes it's so like right well you just doing quad turns and your mom trees like it's dead easy like it's so easy yeah. you're gonna do like there's just so much variation I think with 
a lot of the kind of amateur shows now um, with the posing that it's it is really important that you go to some especially walks. in figure especially in figure like oh yeah I've taught absolutely figure like one to one I find all right I taught a figure workshop the other day and mm-hmm. I was like oh this because that was the first one I've done and I was like oh this is really hard actually because everyone's hitting a different pose. Yeah, because this person's doing facts. This person's yeah. doing it. This person's doing two bros. So all your poses, I'm like, yeah. one pose, and they're all yeah. completely different. I'm like, ah, you know, what? Right. people, even like from a figure perspective, I'm just going to move over here to charge my laptop. Um, like talking about different, obviously people doing different poses, even with figure, like you'll get some people who really suit the traditional style side poses. Um, and some people who really don't, and they look much better in the PCA ones. Like me personally, I don't really like how I look in the IFBB side poses, which is obviously what I've ended up going with. Um, I prefer how my physique looks in the PCA ones, but even things like that, it's like, oh, like your physique looks so different, even in your quarter turns. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mental. And I think the other thing that I found teaching figure posing, which I didn't find so much with bikini posing, because bikini posing is, I would say, more stricter than like figure posing. Because when you come to PCA, you can you can put your arms over your head, you can put them by your yeah. side, you can put your legs like this, you can put them like that. Yeah. What I found with figure posing is a lot of the girls want to do stuff because they think it looks really cool and they think it looks really pretty. But when they actually put that pose together, you're like, okay, cool. Like, it looks really nice if this was like a nice photo. But actually on stage, you've thrown off your top line, you've thrown up your legs, you know, yeah. you're in the X frame. And it's a lot, it's a lot more intricate to constantly be creating this balanced physique throughout the poses. Yeah. No, yeah, I get that. I get that. And what what is nice about uh, the PCA style of posing, for example, is like you can really showcase um outside of your quarter turns you can really choose to showcase your strengths and it's maybe like easier to hide things that you're you 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 know might not be kind of strong points for you because you get the option of what side you want to pose from you get the option of what pose that actually is yeah Uh, even with like your front bicep where you don't even have to do that from the front you can do it from the side so if you don't look good from the front well the only time they're going to see from the front is in your front relaxed which you're not hitting for very long. So it's like you do get a lot more opportunity to really work with your strengths, I think, whereas um, maybe in two rows and fit where you kind of really have to do certain poses from certain sides, you can't hide. It's not as easy to hide, really. Yeah, which is it's an interesting concept as well there because, like you said, you can't hide. Like your physique has got to do the talking in those yeah. federations because yeah. you haven't got that opportunity to yeah. hide. You know what, like... I literally judge every single person's physique, whether they're a bikini girl, a figure girl, like a men's bodybuilder, whatever. I make a judgment on their physique from their front pose because you yeah. can't hide, especially in figure, um, in terms of like women's categories at least, um, like there's no hiding on a front shot. Like, yes, people would always show one from the back. Okay, yeah, you've got to have a good back shot yeah, but that's also, I think, is people that don't really know what they're talking about. Exactly. You've got to have a front shot as well. Like you're coming out and you're going into your front pose. And if you've got a wide waist, no lats and no quad sweep, well, 
you, yeah, you, you, you can't hide that in the front pose. And that's why I always like, if I'm watching shows and like, you know, trying to make a judgment on who's going to win and all this, like, show me a front shot. And that's that's where I make a really big kind of like judgment on someone's shape from that. And it is as well, because when you've got people and they come out, and especially if you've got like a massive lineup of girls, they all come out, they all hit their front shot. Like you said, that person's got no lats, they've got a wide waist. Cool, right. Straight away. Out. You're and coming out and you're at the front. Yeah. That's cool, right. So far, you're my top three. And then obviously you judge everyone else as well. But yeah. it's straight away, you're making that first impression on the judges. Who's in their first house? Yeah, 100%. And a lot of the time, like, um, I think, especially, I'm not sure what it's like with that, to be honest, but it's probably the same. Like, you can obviously come out, hit a specific pose, and then go into your front relaxed to wait. Um, so you can come out and do a different pose initially if you're, you know, if you're the first out and you've got a couple of extra seconds and minutes or whatever. Um, but if you've not That's got, good. if you've not got like a really strong front relax, I always kind of like recommend to people that they maybe hit a power pose or hit like a slightly side on pose where they can kind of just make a bigger impact from the first shot. If, if the front relax isn't a particularly strong pose, if it's, if you've got a good front pose, the best thing to do is just to walk out and hit it because people who yeah. don't will be, will be hiding it for sure. Uh, again, the main ones that you want to be working on, isn't it, is those mandatory posing. I think there's always, I always find people come to me and they're like, I'm really worried about my book. I'm really worried about my routine. I'm really worried. Like, oh, people just tell me, this is what I say. Stop worrying about your routine. Like the best way I explain it to people is right your posing is what you're being judged on okay so all your court turns and your other poses that's for the judges your route your posing routine is for the audience or for you it's for your photos yeah literally stop worrying about it because you're not being judged on it and it should just be enjoyable do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely um, so yeah, we kind of spoke about kind of there going through. Do you what do you find with the sort of more natural federations then? Your UK UK GFBA, WNBF? And posing is all very, very different. <laughs> it's it's a minefield. Yeah. I've had um I've had quite a few girls last year and I got quite a few this year doing some different um natural federations. We've got some doing UK GFBA this year. Last year I had WNBF. Um I think I had some do BNBF last year as well. Yeah, again, it's just it's the posing. It's just. Them. Do you find the looks very different with the more natural federations? Yeah. Yes. Massively. Um, that's a really good point, actually. I had a um, a lady last year compete, a uh, coaching girl, and um, she was, she would have been right for kind of athletic figure, I would say, in PCA. Um, but with the natural federation, which UK DFA, um, she was easily women's physique, easily. Yeah. And, you know, you'd, you'd probably get a lot of bikini girls with with um, other federations that they'd be in figure with the natural ones. Usually, like, you need to you need to kind of class down a bit, really. Yeah. Because they're not, it, it's a different look. They're yeah. looking for a more natural look. So yeah. it has to be slightly, time, slightly smaller, yeah. Um, I had um, a client last year, Heather, who was absolutely awesome, natural girl, um, and she she won the PCA first time a show, like 
she genetically like very gifted structurally and like full as well you wouldn't you wouldn't genuinely like probably think she's natural like she looks she looks amazing and she was kind of like really borderline in both the classes we did both in PCA and um and the natural federations and it was a lot of it was just purely from like the fullness of adults because it's like what are they doing <laughs> like where, where have they come from like those don't look like not adults but they are yeah. <laughs> so yeah again it's just about working with someone who understands that um, and understands the difference between not only, like you say, the classes, uh, the federations, but also the unassisted to assisted federations as well, because it's a whole, again, a whole different world, a whole yeah. different world. It, it is, it's mad, isn't it? And like, as coaches, like how much we need to know to make sure people are going to the right yeah, and if you don't know, like, just research it. Do you know what I mean? Like, when I first started coaching, I didn't know an awful lot about the natural federations, but I just educated myself. Yeah. If you can't find what you need to find out online, then spend time going to shows, speaking to other people who do know those specific federations, watching stuff on YouTube, like, educate yourself. Like, don't just wing it for your client, because at the end of the day, like it's their show like you need you need to give them like the best opportunity possible like educate yourself I think it's your responsibility as a coach to have a thorough understanding of the industry the classes the federations um I'd never understand people that trust people to prep them and and advise them who aren't like consumed with the industry because it's it's ever-changing and it's an entire different world it's not just bodybuilding there's so much to know and it's too much you're risking too much not going to someone who fully understands it yeah and because you get people like the thing is as well like, you can come and talk to us yeah I judge I know the criteria like come and talk to me and I've had people that have come to me and they've you know they've come to me for posing and said my coach thinks this but I'm not really sure and there's been a few that I've gone yeah you're not like I had a girl she was like yeah I think I'm bikini maybe trained and I was like uh, yeah, your trained figure. She was like, really? And I was like, yeah. I get it, I get it with posing a lot as well because I'll have people come to me for posing who are aren't, who aren't people I'm coaching and ask me for advice mm. because their coach isn't giving them the advice or has told them one thing and I'll just maybe disagree with it. And you've got to tread quite carefully. But if you don't trust, if you don't have full trust in your coach, something's wrong. Like that, that has to be established from the get-go in a coaching relationship. Like you need to be able to trust your coach's opinion on everything. Um, you know, not just training and, and diet and getting ready for the show, but also what, you know, you actually need to be doing on the show day and what class is right for you. And there are things there, like, because obviously everyone starts off in the industry and hmm. none of us get it right first time. Of not. Yeah. I guess then it's it's having that ability to reach out as well and say, and educate her if you don't know something, outsource it. Yeah, there's you know if I get sometimes I'll have something crop up with one of my coaching clients and it might be like out of my remit or something that I'm not fully educated on. Rather than stabbing in the dark, I'm going to outsource it and get a, 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 an opinion off someone who is more educated on that than me. Yeah, because all it's doing really is is helping that person. Exactly. Yeah. You just went, oh, I'll just do this, and then it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't look great, does it? Yeah, yeah. no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, 
So, what are your kind of future plans now moving forward? So, um, I kind of officially started my first proper off season since pre twenty twenty one prep in January. So, kind of like two months into that now. Um, and I'm just going with the flow, really. I, I, like I said to you, I feel like I probably, probably now in the last eight weeks, kind of got myself back to where I was uh, size wise. I would think um, to where I was when I when I last competed. So anything from here is going to be hopefully additional, you know, tissue growth. And then I'll probably look to kind of pull back around May or June time and just assess things as I go. My goal, to be honest with you, is I just want to do a pro show. Like, that's my only goal. Like, it might not seem a lot and like a big goal, but when when I've kind of been where I was last year, mentally and physically, like, like really tough. And I've had, a, I've generally had like a, a tough 12 months anyway, like had a big breakup, obviously, at the end of, at the end of last year. Um, and I've had all sorts happen in my life over the last 12 months. So, I just want to kind of do it for me and myself just to prove myself wrong. I want to prove myself wrong that I was wrong to kind of like retire from competing. Um, and yeah, just do a pro show essentially. If I can make some improvements, cool, that'll be an extra bonus. But for me, I just want to kind of come back from the last 12 months and yeah, do a pro show because it's been a cool experience. And like, I don't want to look back in 20 years and be like, God's sake, Soph, why didn't you just... Yeah, yeah. Just do one. Like it's um I'm never gonna be at in a position where I feel like I'll be competitive in the pro league because I'm not willing to push um assistance to that level. And I will happily like you know accept that. Um and even like with, with my age as well, like I'm just I'm not at a point where I'm gonna be competitive. That's fine. I just kind of want the life experience of yeah. doing a pro show, really. So yeah, that's my goal at some point, whether it's this year or next year, um, come back, do a pro show, and then just I'll have to come up with a new goal after that, see, see what, see what's what. And then obviously I've got lots of girls competing again this year. So big goals in driving my business forward. Um, so yeah, they're my plans really. No, I really love that as well because. I think that, and I kind of spoke about in this podcast that I put out yesterday with Charlie, is that there's so many people and they go out there and they're like, right, um, so I've done one show and uh, I've decided now I'm going to go for my pro card next year. And you're like, I like to do that. Yeah, standard. Like, why don't you just go out and just, like you said, just enjoy it. Just enjoy being on stage because you'll get far more out of it. And just go and be like, do you know what? My goal is to be competitive on stage. My goal is to place top three. My goal is to win a show, win an overall. Then about that. And then, like I said, once you go into the pro leagues anyway, you're like at the bottom, you work your way back up again. This is what I say to people. Like, just remember that when you do turn pro, like if you like competing, if you're addicted to competing, which a lot of people are, like you're you're just starting from the bottom again is that what you want do you actually want to do that or do you want to maybe enjoy competing as an amateur for a little bit longer if you really are one of these people that loves competing and loves shows I'm personally not but you a lot of people are like this they genuinely just absolutely love shows and doing shows competing getting on stage if you're truly one of those people then it's probably best if you stay in the amateur ranks longer and actually just enjoy doing that and being competitive and you know getting as an amateur and then go and chase your pro card yeah exactly exactly and and that's one of the biggest things like I'm kind of really looking forward to about 
you know, if I am able to compete again is um, something I'd spoke about on, on a post last week is just the lack of pressure because I always have been so competitive um, and every show I've kind of done, it's I have to win. Like that's, that's always been my attitude. I have to win or I may as well have lost, in my opinion. Like I'm so competitive, whereas now I don't have that pressure on myself. And it's going to be really nice to do a show where like I'll actually probably really enjoy the day a lot more because most shows I do or have done previously, I've ruined for myself with the pressure I put on to win. So it'd be I nice. That thought in my head where I'm like, right now I don't feel any pressure. Like I want to compete in the next year. And I just want to see what happens. But then I don't know whether I come to it, whether all of a sudden I'm going to put loads of pressure on myself and be like, wow, you're unbeaten. You're so going to have to do that again. Like Pressure does crazy things to people. Like, honestly, like, and, th- and this is why, like I, I just said, like I've, I'm not one of those people that buzzes off show day. But is that just because of the crazy amount of pressure I put on myself? Yeah. Will I actually, like, you know, if when I next compete, whether it's this year or next year, and I don't have that pressure because I literally couldn't care less about, you know, play, even placing, like, will I actually, I'm genuinely intrigued to see, like, okay, will I really enjoy the day now I don't have that pressure? Yeah. Um, and it'll just be kind of, cool to just get like a completely different perspective on it basically so I'm quite looking forward to it you never know quite what you're going to be like before it happens because mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed it I've loved it show day I buzz like you said I'm one of those people that buzz off it but yeah. I've never ever put any pressure on myself before well that's why probably yeah. and I'm like what if I go into this one I do put pressure on myself yeah you're like I've always I might like, this time <laughs> yeah like, and, and I genuinely think like I just I've just ruined it for myself in the past and I think it's it's a trait that you know I think well if I hadn't have been like that with myself would I have achieved what I have achieved I don't know I always kind of make this joke to people that I bullied myself I like I hated myself into turning pro because I was just so like just not satisfied with my physique for six years that I just bullied myself into looking better do you know what I mean? It's like this constant like voice in my head, like, right, well, you've got to do this, you've got to train harder, you've got to get your meals and you've got to push harder on the on the cardio. Because it was like I just bullied myself into it. Whereas like now I'm just coming out from a completely different perspective. Yeah, it's like just coming from a completely different place. Like it's coming from a place of like I just want to be my best. Yeah. I think it also that can be about what you're consuming as well at the time, is that and I think I've got to say though, I think the last few years there has been less of it. But you mm. used to see on social media, like a few years ago, certainly, was always, well, you know, if you don't do this, you don't want it enough. And if you're eating off plan meals in the off season, then you must not want it enough. And like, you know, it was ridiculous, some of the stuff. Yeah, that you- massively, massively. Yeah, massively. And could that be part of it as well, that then you were so think- yourself because you thought that you had to be because that's what it was? I don't know, you know, because generally speaking, like I've always been, especially in off season, like... um a bit of kind of like a what I refer to as like a half-assed bodybuilder I'm not a half-assed bodybuilder but I'm very, I've always been very relaxed with food and things in off-season like I'm, I've definitely never been one of those people that's super robotic um I think it's just my it's more me I think and it's just my kind of like underlying like drive for well it, it's my fear of failure I think 
And obviously second place isn't failing. Of course, I know that. But in to, it's like to all of the people, my clients and everyone else, well, second place isn't failing, but not me though. Like to me, <laughs> you're not allowed to come second. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, I think it's that. I think it's just like my 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 need to not fail um, that, that's kind of, that's driven that like almost like self-hatred into into being better but now like I say I think I'm in I'm coming at it from such a more like positive place um because I thought I'd had it kind of like taken from me so now I'm just take I'm just I'm enjoying it for what it is because I just feel like lucky to be able to to train again basically and have the opportunity to potentially compete again you probably enjoy like everything you'll enjoy the prep the off season like a lot completely different completely different way of way of looking at it with uh, Matt before as well yes I'm still working with Matt yeah no no, I meant like sorry when when did you start working so I first got Matt to coach me last March yeah pretty much a year ago um my head was well and truly fallen off at this point um and I just I kind of got to the point where like I'd never felt I needed accountability before but I was like I actually do like I need accountability because I'm, I'm, my head was just all over the place. It was like, I was almost one of those people that's like, oh, I'll start again on Monday. I've become one of those people because I just couldn't, I couldn't just stick to something. So I thought I, I need, I need some accountability. Um, and it's very good with like his mindset stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, yes. yeah. I've only met Matt once or twice, but I really, really like him. Honestly, that's exactly why I went to him. It was like, because at that point in my head, I was retired from competing and it was purely like I needed a more of a lifestyle coach, yeah. um, which is, you know, mostly what, what Matt is. And he's really good at the mindset stuff. And obviously like I'd known him for a couple of years and he'd always been really understanding with like my mental health issues. And it just seemed like a really obvious choice when I needed a coach. And he's obviously like then been through the last 12 months with me, which has been the most mental 12 months. And He's seen me obviously from some really kind of low points to where I kind of have been the last few months. Um, and it's it's honestly going to be awesome if we can pull this off. And actually like, because when I first started working with him, it was just a case of, I just want to actually go back to the gym and, and start being consistent. So if we can actually pull this off and get me back in a bikini on stage, I think like I saw him last week and he was like, so I will definitely cry if we pull this off. Like it's been like, it's been such a roller coaster the last 12 months. And we, you know, we're really, really close mates, me and Matt. And he's, he's been on the end of the phone when I've been in like my worst kind of places. So it'll be really nice to be able to kind of like give that back to him as a coach as well. So fingers crossed, we'll pull it off. <laughs> Oh, I know, I'm sure you will, because I think he'll just, he'll handle that kind of mindset thing a lot better. And I think, you, like you said, I think you'll buzz off it because you will come yeah. from working with Matt, working from such a different mindset, you'll just yeah. enjoy it more. Yeah, massively. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly very, very excited for how these, this year and next year is going to go. It should be good. It should be really good. That's brilliant. So one final question for you then. For yeah. anyone listening to this podcast today, what's the one thing you'd like them to take away from it? Oh, oh I think we've covered we've covered so much, haven't we? Excited, really. Um yeah, I think honestly, this might sound like really cliche. And it, yeah, you know what, I just sound pretty cliche, but just don't give up because there's always like life can't be good all the time. Yeah. There's always going to be dips. Um, but the the lower bit always 
always make the the better bits better and that's one thing like I've massively learned is anytime I've had an injury or an illness or something wrong you know bad mental health things and I've had you know to pull out of preps or have time out I always look back and think there was a reason for that like always makes you you learn from everything and every time like I said that I've had an injury or anything like that I always look back and think, you know what? I'm actually really glad I went through that. I'm glad that worked out how that did because I learned this about myself and it meant I could do this. And yeah, I think, yeah, that's basically it. You learn you learn from everything, basically. That's awesome. Um, and for anyone who wants to come find you, maybe they've got some questions after this podcast or whatever, yeah. where can they find you too? So best place is Instagram at sophie.a.j.ifbbpro. Well, I don't know why I even asked this question because I'm like, where can they find you? And everyone's like, on Instagram. Like, I just yeah. met this say, what's your Instagram handle? I really, want to ch- I really want to change my handle to Big Soph. I've been I've been meaning to do it for ages, but I just can't bring myself to take the iFaby Pro that out because I'm, I'm too proud of that to take it out. But like, everyone, everyone, everyone calls me Big Soph and it's like, I just feel like it would be so much more me if I was Big Soph. I don't know. To be continued, we'll see. Big underscore iFaby Pro. I mean, yeah. Sophie AJ. End She's- of Sophie AJ. <laughs> Rest in peace, Sophie AJ. <laughs> big Soph season is next. <laughs> Off season is big Soph season. Yeah, then I can change it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I- I'm actually gonna do it. Do it right. So you can now find her under Big Soph. <laughs> yeah, Big Soph. Just search Big Soph for find me somewhere. <laughs> Love it. In the post on Instagram anyway. So yeah, and I'll take you in the description. But yeah, thank you so so much for coming on. And if you are listening as well, please hit that follow button so you can hear more of these lovely podcasts with wonderful guests and share it on your stories, tagging me and so in it so we can know you've enjoyed it. So yeah, speak to you soon. Bye. Do you want to say bye? Bye. <laughs>